Take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you dry it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. Hey! Spanning the continent to bring you the truth about cannabis and marijuana law reform. I smoke pot and I like it a lot. CannabisRadio.com presents The Russ Belleville Show The voice of the marijuana nation Hey, this is great, man Now, here's your host Radical Russ Belleville Good day, tokers and tokettes and non-token lovers of liberty. It is Tuesday, October 4th, 2016, and it's got to be 420 somewhere in the world. Thanks for joining us here on this fine Tuesday from the banks of the Willamette River. We are here in beautiful legal potland, Oregon, but only for today. I'm getting on a plane tonight about uh, 7.40 p.m. Pacific time, flying my way to Sacramento, California, where tomorrow I will appear at 11 a.m. on the Statehouse steps as part of the Argumento in Sacramento. It's a debate on Proposition 64, the legalization initiative in California. Uh, I will be joined by Dale Schaefer, attorney and former drug war POW, and Sister Kate, uh, a cannabis healer and uh, religious practitioner. We'll be arguing for... Prop 64. We'll be arguing for marijuana legalization. Our opponents will be Letitia Pepper, Kevin Saunders, and Christian Yoder. They will be arguing against Prop 64 uh, in favor of keeping marijuana prohibition, at least for the near future. So that'll be on tomorrow, 11 a.m. I'll be streaming it live here on CannabisRadio.com. I thought I'd be able to do a live show tomorrow after the debate, but it turns out uh, I won't have any uh, place to do it from. So uh, I'll have to cancel tomorrow's show. My apologies on that. But at least if you tune in uh, four hours earlier than usual, you'll get to hear this live debate that should be pretty entertaining. Let me tell you. Also, uh, coming up on today's show, boy, we've got some of that uh, argumento in Sacramento to get to because in our Reefer Madness debunked at half past. I'm going to begin my debunking of the Stoners Against Legalization's anti-Prop 64 talking points. I have been scouring the net for uh, Letitia Pepper, uh, J. Craig Canada, Steve Cubby, uh, Dragonfly De La Luz, uh, who else is out there? A bunch of people that are uh, pushing these fantasies about how legalization will lead to more arrests, uh, will uh, destroy medical marijuana, will all these paranoid, crazy ideas to try to scare people out of voting for their own best interests. I've been scanning the net, reading all their stuff. I've been many, many long nights this weekend. Uh, I'm kind of tired, folks, to be honest with you, uh, trying to get through it all because it's so it's like wading through the weeds and the obfuscation and half truths. It's just just so hard to get through. But uh, we're going to debunk that at half past. Plus, in hour two, I will continue debunking that and taking your calls at 650-LEGAL-MJ, 650-534-2565. If you've heard any of these uh, BS talking points and would like me to uh, give you the truth uh, behind Prop 64, we'll take those calls in hour two. Also, in hour one, we'll have time for a radical rant. There's a story out about uh, California's unlikely opponents to legalization, pot growers. And uh, that'll lead to my rant. Oh, so sorry that ending the criminal prohibition of cannabis consumers affects your bottom line. Oh, no. Shed a tear. Why don't you? Also on the show, we'll have some drug war data mining. And as we're going to be doing every Monday here on the show until Election Day, which we are about five weeks away from, 
Every Monday, we'll be running down the latest public opinion polls on legalization and medical marijuana and letting you know how the election is looking this November 8th, which we'll bring you live here on CannabisRadio.com in our MJ election night coverage. In behind the headlines, our good friend Charlo Green is facing decades in prison over her Alaska Cannabis Club. We'll tell you why uh, when we get to that. And that comes right after our Cannabis Radio News. And in the headlines today, we've got uh, the details on that debate in Sacramento. We've got the deadline passing in Oregon for establishment of recreational shops. Oklahoma's medical marijuana gets another chance. Ohio's medical marijuana isn't working so well. And Denver's Pot Lounge Initiative get some key endorsements it's all coming up today on the Russ Belleville show stick around this is the Russ Belleville show on cannabisradio.com cannabis use isn't the only thing growing so are we grow with us cannabisradio.com while the Tennessee's Congressman Steve Cohen. Well, you know, if marijuana is a gateway drug, then kissing is a fake gateway activity to sexual addiction. U.S. Representative Jared Polis. Yes, we really have a growing group of, uh, of, of representatives that um, support decriminalization. It's the Russ Belville Show, the NPR of POT, weekdays live at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific, exclusively on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We need to build a wall. Okay, maybe you're high too. The Russ Belleville Show is proudly sponsored by the Marijuana Business Association. The MJBA, called by NBC News the Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, is the fastest growing business association in the fastest growing industry in America. I've been working with the MJBA for years, and I personally invite you to join the MJBA. MJBA also publishes the popular MJ Headline News on Facebook and the MJNewsNetwork.com and Marijuana Channel One on YouTube. Visit MJBA.net for more details. It's time for the Cannabis Radio News. Covering the latest headlines in consumer cannabis, medical marijuana, and industrial hemp. Cannabis Radio News is now available exclusively at CannabisRadio.com. Now your marijuana headlines in 4 minutes and 20 seconds. This is Cannabis Radio News. This is your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. Tomorrow at 11 a.m., marijuana reformers will gather on the Statehouse steps in Sacramento to debate the merits of California's Prop 64, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. Prop 64 would legalize personal marijuana use, possession, and cultivation, create a commercial marijuana market, and allow adult marijuana social clubs while protecting the current medical marijuana system. Prop 64 is endorsed by the California Democratic Party, ACLU, NAACP, UFCW, Berkeley Patients Group, Normal, MPP, DPA, SSDP, and LEAP. Arguing in favor of Prop 64 will be Russ Belville, News Director at Cannabis Radio, Dale Schaefer, a medical marijuana patient and five-year drug war POW, and Sister Kate, a cannabis healer with Sisters of the Valley. Prop 64 is opposed by the California Republicans, Kevin Sabet's anti-legalization group Project SAM, and virtually all of California's law enforcement, prosecutors, and prison guards. Letitia Pepper, Kevin Saunders, and Kristen Yoder 
will help those prohibitionists by arguing in favor of keeping California's criminal marijuana laws unchanged. As of this Saturday, Oregonians can buy marijuana for recreational use at shops intended for that purpose. The Oregon Liquor Control Commission announced on Friday it has approved licenses for 26 retailers around the state, meeting a key deadline almost two years after voters passed a ballot measure legalizing pot. OLCC Director Stephen Marks said 12 recreational retailers started recreational sales over the weekend, most in Portland. Medical marijuana stores have been permitted to sell recreational marijuana since last October. Such dispensaries won't be allowed to sell to recreational users after December 31st. New testing rules in effect Saturday mean retailers can only add new products to inventory that have been tested by a state-accredited lab. However, products previously bought by retailers and sitting on back rooms and on shelves can be sold through March of 2017. A petition that would legalize Oklahoma medical marijuana will go before voters in a future election after a 10-day period that allowed for challenges over the validity of the signatures expired this week. Supporters of state question 788 gathered more than 67,000 signatures to put the measure on the ballot, likely for the 2018 election, the Oklahoman reported. The ballot question could be put to voters earlier through a special election, but that option appears unlikely given the $1.2 million cost to the budget crunch state. State officials have said backers of the measure didn't submit their signatures to qualify with enough buffer time for legal challenges and for the state's election board to print and send ballots to counties, military members, and overseas voters. If approved by voters, the measure would permit doctors to recommend a patient who is at least 25 years old for a state-issued medical marijuana license. Patients would be allowed to legally possess up to three ounces of the herb. The Ohio State Medical Board, which regulates doctors, put in writing its guidance advising doctors not to recommend marijuana to patients. The law gives adult patients and parents or guardians of minor children an affirmative defense for certain marijuana-related acts that may still be considered crimes until Ohio's law is fully implemented. But the board said physicians need one of its, quote, certificates to recommend, end quote, before they can write recommendations for medical marijuana for their patients. Rules for how those certificates will work haven't been written yet. The board has two years. Meanwhile, the Ohio Supreme Court made clear that attorneys are free to counsel or assist clients when it comes to conduct expressly permitted under the legislation that laid out how Ohio's medicinal cannabis program will work. Backers of Denver's Social Use Initiative 300, a city ballot measure intended to permit cannabis consumption in certain private places in order to reduce it in public spaces, announced Tuesday that it had received several major political endorsements. The Democratic Party of Denver, New Era Colorado, State Senator Irene Aguilar of Denver, and State Representative Jonathan Singer have joined more than 100 local businesses and organizations that are encouraging Denver residents to vote yes on 300 to establish a neighborhood-supported cannabis consumption pilot program. I-300 would permit certain private establishments to allow adult cannabis consumption in designated areas if they follow a number of guidelines. The city will only issue permits to establishments that have received support from their local neighborhood organization. This has been your Cannabis Radio News for Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. I'm Russ Belville. We don't limit how much you smoke, and we don't limit where you listen. Cannabis Radio is now on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. The cannabis industry is growing, business is booming, and as new opportunities arise in newly legalized states, each market is getting more competitive. 
today, it takes more than just being a good grower. Do you have the resources to market and handle this ever-changing business landscape? Let Canna Management Corporation help you grow your Canna business with our vast resources and experience to make your business a fully functional service company. Financial management, HR, sales, marketing, efficiency, and more. CMC has the experience and the expertise to improve your business and help you better meet the demands of your clients and customers. Call Canna Management Corporation and let our team get you ready to grow. 415-269-8015. That's 415-269-8015. Or visit canna-management.com. Our daughter, Rebecca, could have a seizure at any given time that could take her life. When you have 200 seizures a day, she gets so scared. I've learned a lot about the benefits of medical marijuana in the treatment of intractable epilepsy in children. We feel her saying to us, Mom, Dad, Help me. Mom, when is this going to stop? Why don't you, my parents who love me, do something? And we can't. Please help us help our daughter. Our daughter, Rebecca, needs all options for medical marijuana, so please vote yes on Amendment 2. You're tuned into the Russ Belleville Show, the voice of the marijuana nation, only on CannabisRadio.com. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. The world of cannabis is evolving at a frenetic pace. The Russ Belleville Show gets behind the headlines to take a deeper look at breaking news in our Cannabis Focus. Today in the Cannabis Focus, we want to take a look at a cannabis activist who is facing decades in prison over her cannabis activism in a state that has legalized cannabis. It's crazy, folks. You, you remember Charlotte Green? The uh, the woman up in Alaska, Alaska native, who was a reporter for their uh, affiliate uh, TV affiliate uh, KTVA, and back in September of 2014, she quit her job on the air. You probably remember the uh, famous quote, which was, "Everything you've heard is why I, the actual owner of the Alaska Cannabis Club, will be dedicating all my energy toward fighting for freedom and fairness." which begins with legalizing marijuana here in Alaska. And as for this job, well, not that I have a choice, but fuck it, I quit, end quote. That, uh, of course, went viral, got millions of views. Uh, People still call her the fuck it, I quit reporter. And since her resignation, uh, she's been uh, a part of that Alaska Cannabis Club, and the authorities in Alaska have been uh, really clamping down on it and her club was raided now her club was raided and the problem with this raid is of course legalization happened in november of 2014 in alaska and she was uh that was two months after she quit and then the club uh uh, was operating and according to cynthia franklin the director of the state's alcohol and marijuana control office uh the problem is that she opened too early she and two other businesses that were these cannabis clubs that were bring your own marijuana that weren't selling any marijuana that weren't selling any alcohol that was just basically a private room 
where people could gather together and smoke pot together, uh, that should face some serious consequences. And, and remember, Alaska is working on creating regulations to allow on-site cannabis consumption, to have pot lounges just like the ones that are being run in Alaska, like the Alaska Cannabis Club. But because she went too early, Charlotte Green needs to be in prison for decades. It's crazy. The uh, problem here that, uh, that I've learned in this case is that Charlotte, unfortunately, and again, this is just, just what I've been uh, researching, and I apologize if this isn't accurate, but I, I believe it is, uh, that, that Charlotte had formed the Alaska Cannabis Club as a sole proprietorship, not an LLC or an S-Corp or a corporation or anything that would provide that sort of corporate immunity. So when the cops went and raided her club and they found out all of the activities that were happening there, people giving each other marijuana and, and, and consuming it in a public place before there's any regulations written up and so forth, because of all of that, they uh, uh, gathered together enough charges against Charlotte to be able to put her in prison for decades. And the real kicker on this is that the activities for which she's being charged didn't happen while she was there. She, she was not a part of any of these activities, but because it's a sole proprietorship, every activity that happens at the Alaska Cannabis Club might as well be in Charlotte Green's name. And that's the way the cops ran with it. And the prosecutors are running with it is that Alaska Cannabis Club is Charlotte Green. Anything it does is something Charlotte Green did. 54 years, according to this report on Yahoo News, is uh, what she could be facing for these charges. Uh, Charlotte Green uh, also, of course, is African-American, which brings up that portion of the war on drugs uh, uh, tragedy. It makes one question if she wasn't such a high-profile activist or a high-profile African-American activist, maybe she wouldn't be re receiving this kind of scrutiny. This is talking about taking a 28-year-old woman and putting her in prison until she's 70 or 82 years old. That's crazy. Now, uh, the charges are 14 charges of misconduct involving a controlled substance. Uh, this happened when the undercovers uh, uh, did some raids. Uh, 54 years that they're looking at. Now, also, it's important to understand the context of the state of Alaska that Charlotte is a native of. Since 1975, under their state privacy rights in their constitution, Alaskan adults have been able to have a quarter pound of marijuana at their homes and grow 25 plants. We've had medical marijuana in the state since 1998. This is not the kind of state that should be trying to put someone in prison for the rest of their life for opening early. It's insane. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get late. All right, that sound means that it's 20 after. Therefore, it's 420 in the mountain time zone. Happy 420 to our friends out there in the Rockies. We've got to take our safety meeting as our union rules mandate. And when we come back, we'll do some drug war data mining, give you the latest results of popular opinion polls on marijuana legalization.
Maui Waui, Acapulco Gold, California Kush. Our strains stretch everywhere, too. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Educator, author, and advocate, Dr. Mitch Earlywine is here to tackle the burning issues. And I'm here to clear up the myths about cannabis and burn them away with science. CannabisRadio.com presents a no-holds-barred platform that seeks to redefine and revolutionize the entire scope of the cannabis culture while opening the door for more to join the cannabis crusade. Dr. Kevin Hill. You can't ignore the fact that, like alcohol, most people who use don't have a problem. So I think that you need to think about policy in that way while educating people properly about marijuana. I think that's the way to go. Burning Issues, only on CannabisRadio.com. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Okay. Maybe you're high, too. Coming soon to a city near you, Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. Get all your cannabis accounting, legal, and compliance questions answered by their knowledgeable panel of industry experts who want to help your cannabis business boom. Whether you're a grower, dispensary operator, or a newcomer to the field, your cannabis business needs Cannabis Finance Boot Camp. For information on upcoming events, visit CannabisFinanceBootCamp.com. Promoting the end of adult cannabis prohibition is easy because we have facts, science, reason, compassion, evidence, truth, and logic on our side. It's even easier when researchers catalog it all for us. Learn how to gather the facts on marijuana use, arrests, seizures, rehabs, drug tests, and more on this edition of Drug War Data Mining. Today in the Drug War Data Mines, we continue our Marijuana Election Night 2016 coverage. And uh, we're looking at the five states today that are poised to legalize marijuana. And uh, that would be California, Arizona, Nevada, Massachusetts, and Maine. And the latest polls show that we've got a decent chance of sweeping all five state legalization votes. We could go five for five, folks. And uh, if that doesn't uh, make Kevin Sabet have the worst case of heartburn he's ever experienced, I don't know what will. So each week, each Monday, as we lead up to Election Day in just five weeks, we will tell you how the polls stand uh, and make our predictions as to how legalization will turn out. So we start with the state of California. And in California... We've got numerous polls now that have been taken over the past couple of weeks that show strong support for Prop 64. Of the five states voting, California's polls are consistently showing up uh, at the top of support in the nation and uh, most likely 
to be passing on Election Day. Public Policy Institute of California and California Field Poll have some 30 point leads in their polls. 30 percent difference, 30 point difference between the support and the opposition. Uh, in this, we're talking about a 60 percent, uh, a 60 percent poll that uh, has shown the uh, Prop 64 uh, passing. And we've had a 58% poll. We've had uh, uh, a 52% poll is the lowest one that I've seen in recent weeks. So um, we think uh, California is a pretty, uh, a pretty strong chance of passing uh, its Prop 64. That is shared by uh that opinion is shared by Christopher Ingram at the uh, Washington Post, who has uh, posted his wonk blog uh, on the uh, marijuana polls that have been ha- happening across the states. Uh, and uh, he, too, believes it's got the best chance of being able to pass uh, all five states. So we will uh, we will be looking forward to that. Our marijuana election night comes to you from Los Angeles, California. Uh, California. And so we will know exactly uh, how California turns out as the polls, uh, as they, uh, as they come through. All right. We've got another, uh, poll to look at from, uh, the state of Arizona and in Arizona, the current polls are showing uh, support of about half, about 50% uh, are supporting prop 205 in Arizona. This was the, uh, Arizona Republic Morrison Cronkite News poll taken a couple uh, weeks ago. This is a uh, 50% support, 40% opposition to marijuana legalization in Arizona. In the state of Nevada, they have their question two for marijuana legalization. This one is up 57 to 33. This is the most recent Suffolk University polling data that was released. 57 to 33, a 24 point lead in the state of Nevada. Now, looking at the uh, at the state of Massachusetts, the polling is also pretty neck and neck uh, like uh, the like the Arizona polling is Massachusetts voters uh, are backing. Well, it's actually a little better than uh, the Arizona. It's 53 percent to 40% in Massachusetts. That's a poll from WBZ-TV. An earlier poll a week prior from WBUR had shown 50% support with 43% opposed. So it seems like uh, question four is gaining in the polls at this time. And uh, that's good news for all of us that want to see uh, marijuana legalization happen. And then finally, in the state of Maine, We've got a poll showing 53% of the voters supporting question one there. This is the University of New Hampshire Survey Center poll. Only 38% uh, are opposed to that right now. And that's good news coming out of the state of Maine as far as the uh, marijuana polls for legalization in five states go. And Maine's is also uh, a very... uh, a very prominent member of the five that are voting on legalization as it is proposing the greatest limits of any medical marijuana state. We'll be talking about uh, two and a half ounce possession, six mature plants, 12 immature plants, unlimited seedlings and guaranteed pot lounges. 
So uh, Maine is pushing the envelope uh, compared to the other five that are only legalizing an ounce and maybe six plants. Also, Massachusetts is striking a new direction for states looking to legalize by keeping their marijuana taxes to a national low of 3.75% with an optional 2% added on by the localities. This would mean uh, the marijuana shoppers in Massachusetts would be paying the lowest taxes in the United States of the what we hope to be nine legal states uh, starting in 2017. I am certainly hoping that these uh, these precedents are taken by the future states that are looking to legalize medical mar- or le- uh, recreational marijuana, that we begin to increase the possession limits, increase the cultivation limits. And let's start recognizing the rights of cannabis consumers. When we said treat marijuana like alcohol, we didn't mean it just as a regulation. We meant it culturally as well. We want equal rights. We want to be treated just like people who drink beer. We want to have outdoor festivals we can go to and lounges we can congregate in. We don't want to lose our jobs because we were using our substance on the weekend. We don't want to lose our child custody or our place on an organ transplant list. These rights of cannabis consumers and the right to employment need to be recognized in future iterations of legalization and need to be added to the legalization that currently exists in four states, D.C., and hopefully five more after this election. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about Prop 64 in California and my notes for the Argumento in Sacramento. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. How high do you like your profit margin? CannabisRadio.com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted. Available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town. Maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Yes on two means better schools. Provide about $20 million a year extra for our school systems. Yes on two means safer streets. More police. And fewer drug dealers in Nevada. A better way of life. This measure will take marijuana out of the black market, which will make our streets safer, and it will take the tax revenue and put it into education. It's Nevada's turn to legalize marijuana. As a 32-year law enforcement professional, I urge you to vote yes on two. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. We have to bring back law and order. Okay, maybe you're high, too. Marijuana legalization is a worldwide phenomenon. Get yourself positioned for the global cannabis marketplace by attending the International Cannabis Business Conference in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You'll learn from established cannabis professionals, elected officials, and internationally recognized marijuana law reform activists. You'll also enjoy the ICBC's famous VIP party featuring ICBC special guest speaker and Canadian native Tommy Chong. 
The ICBC is happening in Vancouver on Thursday and Friday, October 13th and 14th at the Hyatt Regency. Log on to internationalcbc.com today to reserve your tickets. That's internationalcbc.com and bookmark our page for the next ICBCs taking place in Berlin, Germany and San Francisco, California. Don't miss the International Cannabis Business Conference, internationalcbc.com. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. Marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. If the hideous monster Frankenstein came face-to-face with the monster of marijuana, he dropped it from fright. You know, it's not easy countering seven decades of propaganda in a two-hour show, but let's try. It's time time for the the Russ Belleville Show's Show's Reefer Madness Debunk. In California, there are prohibition profiteers who prefer to vote no on the upcoming Prop 64 so they can maintain the status quo of medical marijuana, the system that keeps marijuana just illegal enough to sell at 300 bucks an ounce, but just legal enough to avoid prison for selling it. A series of propagandizing memes, blogs, and posts have emerged online to frighten and confuse cannabis consumers, especially those consuming cannabis for medical purposes, into voting to help the cops maintain the prohibition of marijuana that enriches them, too. Written by attorney Letitia Pepper, writer Dragonfly De La Luz, and a few others, these propaganda tricks rely on confusing the reader with long, complicated scenarios based on unfounded assumptions, counting on the reader's unfamiliarity with current prohibition law, and creating distortions and half-truths from Prop 64's language. Here now are the common talking points from these stoners against legalization, taken from their online publications and public appearances with the actual text of Prop 64 that debunks them. Let's begin. Our first claim from the stoners against legalization is that Prop 215 medical marijuana rights can be altered or entirely revoked by the state legislature with a simple majority vote. Now, citing the evidence for this, they point to Section 10 in Prop 64, which says the legislature may, by majority vote, amend the provisions of this act contained in Sections 5 and 6 to implement the substantive provisions of those sections, provided that such amendments are consistent with and further the purposes and intent of this act, as stated in Section 3. Section 5 is the medical marijuana part, and Section 6 is the marijuana regulation and safety part, the recreational part. So that's their evidence. Section 10 says the legislature can use a majority vote to amend the act to further the purposes and intent. Well, here's the facts, folks. Possession and cultivation limits and other Prop 215 medical marijuana rights that are not listed in Section 5 would be untouchable. Section 10 says they can use a majority of vote to amend the provisions of the act contained in section five and six and section five only deals with medical marijuana's recommendation requirements, records, confidentiality, fees, child custody rights, and reaction to federal rescheduling. So only those things could be amended by a majority vote. That does not include 
your medical possession, medical cultivation, all that kind of stuff, anything about your recommendation or your caregiver, dispensaries or anything, that's not in there. Rec, rec requirements, confidentiality, fees, child custody, and rescheduling. That's it. Now, the other part is the, uh, the point that it makes about they can only by majority vote make those changes if it furthers the intent of the act. Section 3 of Prop 64 is all the purposes and intents of the act, which is basically why we're legalizing. Why are we passing this law? Almost all of those purposes and intents refer to non-medical marijuana and prohibiting unlawful use, except for one. Section K, or paragraph K in section three, says, quote, strengthen the state's existing medical marijuana system by requiring patients to obtain a new recommendation from their physician that meets the strict standards of the new medical marijuana laws. Strengthen the state's existing medical marijuana system. And within Prop 64, there are numerous, numerous places where not only is medical marijuana protected from amendment or repeal, but it's actually strengthened. It's, it, the protections are increased by passing Prop 64. First of all, under Prop 64, a locality could not ban indoor home grow and possession. According to section 11362.2 paragraph B line two, <laughs> it's always fun saying those long things, isn't it? Uh, according to this, uh, this uh, line, quote, no city, county, or city and county may completely prohibit persons engaging in the actions and conduct under paragraph three of subdivision A of section 11362.1 inside a private residence. And of course, that paragraph and section and all that is the home grow in possession. So while the current law, Prop 215, is allowing cities to ban all medical cultivation, indoors and out, Prop 64 will make that six-plant personal indoor grow untouchable, thus improving medical marijuana. Another protection. Restrictions on recreational use do not change your medical marijuana rights. Section 11362.3, paragraph F, says, quote, Nothing in this section shall be construed or interpreted to amend, repeal, affect, restrict, or preempt laws pertaining to the Compassionate Use Act of 1996. So nothing in this section, this section is 11362.3, the bans listed in it are bans on public toking, bans on toking near a, in a no tobacco area, uh, bans on toking near a school, bans on open containers in cars, bans on toking at school, bans on making solvent hash, bans on toking and driving, and bans on toking and riding don't apply to registered Prop 215 patients. Again, if those things are actually legal now. So all the things the Prop 64 is banning don't apply. Thanks to section 11362.3, paragraph F. Recreational limits do not affect the medical marijuana limits either. According to section 11362.45, quote, nothing in section 11362.1, again, all of the uh, 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 recreational limits, shall be construed or interpreted to amend, repeal, affect, restrict, or preempt 
paragraph I, laws pertaining to the Compassionate Use Act of 1996. So once again, the limits of 1162.1 that mean recreational consumers can only have one ounce in public, eight grams of concentrate, six cannabis plants cultivated at home. Those limits for recreational people don't apply to the patients under Prop 215. Another protection in Prop 64 for medical marijuana patients, the new MAMRSA standard medical recs recommendations, you know, because now they've, they've made it in California because it's always been a, they've never had a state patient registry and they've had some voluntary county registries. Well, now the new medical marijuana laws passed last year mandate a new registry, a statewide registry. Now it's voluntary, voluntary registry. Don't have to sign up for it. And according to this uh, Prop 64, if you don't sign up for the registry, that does not affect your rights under Prop 215. According to Section 11362.712, Paragraph A, commencing on January 1st, 2018, a qualified patient must possess a physician's recommendation that complies with the new law. Failure to comply with this requirement shall not, however, affect any of the protections provided to patients or their primary caregivers by Section 11362.5. Now, 11362.5 is Prop 215, the medical marijuana law, which also states in Section 11362.5, paragraph D, Section 11357 relating to the possession of marijuana and Section 11358 relating to the cultivation of marijuana shall not apply to a patient or a patient's primary caregiver who possesses or cultivates marijuana for the personal medical purposes of the patient upon the written or oral recommendation or approval of a physician. Now, 11357 and 358, those are all the crimes. That's where you get the crime for over an ounce, the crime for too many plants. So the amendments that have been made by Prop 64 to those sections can't be used to punish Prop 215 patients because 215 already says that 11357 and 11358 can't be used against you. Another uh, protection in Prop 64, the commercial licensing and tracking do not apply to home grows. Section 26067, paragraph E, line 1. This section does not apply to the cultivation of marijuana in accordance with Section 11362.1 of the Health and Safety Code or the Compassionate Use Act. So, the six plants per adult home grows that you get in 11362.1 and the current medical marijuana grows under Prop 215 are not subject to seed-to-sale tracking, unique IDs, or any sort of state licensing requirements. Now, Prop 64 also has improved medical marijuana because now... Patients' parental rights are protected. According to Section 11362.84, the status and conduct of a qualified patient who acts in accordance with the Compassionate Use Act shall not, by itself, be used to restrict or abridge custodial or parent rights to minor children in any action or proceeding under the jurisdiction of family or juvenile court. Shall not, by itself, be used against parents. So, yeah, protecting... All tokers' parental rights would have been nice, but this wouldn't be the first time we've extended essential liberty only to the sick tokers. Yeah, who knows? Uh, In 20 years, maybe healthy tokers won't lose their kids over legal pot smoking either. Another protection in Prop 64 for medical marijuana. Existing dispensaries get the first shot at recreational licensing for four years. 
until 2020. According to Section 26054.2, Paragraph A, a licensing authority shall give priority in issuing licenses under this division to applicants that can demonstrate to the authority's satisfaction that the applicant operated in compliance with the Compassionate Use Act and its implementing laws before September 1st, 2016. This section shall cease to be operable on December 31st, 2019. So the medical marijuana providers have four years to dominate the recreational market. And then in 2020, the mega grows begin and anybody can get a license. Another uh, protection listed in the uh, in the Prop 64 for medical patients, this 15 percent excise tax that uh, is being added doesn't apply to medical purchasers. Section 34011, paragraph G, the sales and use tax imposed by part one of this division shall not apply to the retail sales of medical cannabis, medical cannabis concentrate, edible medical cannabis products, or topical cannabis, as those terms are defined, as long as a patient provides his or her card and an ID. So patients still have to pay the state and local taxes, the sales taxes, but not the extra 15% tax on recreational users, but... To get the tax break, the patients have to show a state registry card. And finally, the $9.25 flower tax, the, the, what, the cultivation tax, doesn't apply to your home grows or your medical grows. Section 34012, paragraph J. The tax imposed by this section shall be imposed on all marijuana cultivated in the state, but shall not apply to marijuana cultivated for personal use or cultivated by a qualified patient or primary caregiver in accordance with the Compassionate Use Act. So yes, patients are going to have to pay that extra $9.25 an ounce flower tax at the dispensaries. However, with all the extra competition and demand from legalized marijuana dropping the prices, what you'll end up paying with the tax is going to be far less than the current $250 to $300 ounces you're paying in medical dispensaries now in California. We got more debunking coming up in hour two. Stay tuned. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Seed to sale, clicks to conversions, and more. You're listening to the Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling, trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have, you just clap your hands.
I struggle. Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. must wage what I have called total war against public enemy number one. I support a change in law to end federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. That marijuana, pot, grass, whatever you want to call it, is probably the most dangerous drug. Some think there won't be room for them in jail. We'll make room. I experimented with marijuana a time or two, and I didn't like it. and didn't inhale. And one major responsibility is to encourage people to use less drugs. Entirely legitimate topic uh, for debate. Radical Rant. Today in the rant, I'm taking a look at a story published on Fortune.com entitled, California Marijuana Legalization Faces Unlikely Foe in Pot Growers. And the subhead would be some fear an onslaught of big business and competition that could wipe them out. Oh, no, really? So the story opens by talking with Hezekiah Allen. He's a third generation marijuana farmer in uh, the Emerald Triangle and also the executive director of the California Growers Association. And uh, he says He's looking forward to an end to prohibition, but also says he can't vote for Proposition 64. Uh, California Growers Association took a poll about uh, the proposition among its 750 farmers, distributors, and retailers, and found 31% were for Prop 64, 31% were opposed to Prop 64, and 38% were undecided. So the California Growers Association has officially taken a neutral stance on Prop 64. But of course, many of its most high profile members and spokespeople are vocally against it. Now, uh, their fear is too much red tape, burdensome oversight and big business competition that could wipe them out. Hezekiah Allen said, quote, I don't want to replace a criminal injustice with an economic injustice, end quote. Wow. Uh, Amazing quote there, Hezekiah, because uh, this criminal injustice you're talking about is people being at the minimum harassed by law enforcement because of their marijuana use, possibly ticketed and fined, maybe arrested and possibly imprisoned, maybe losing their their uh, job, losing their scholarship, their assets, their freedom, even their life. That's the criminal injustice we're replacing here. And the economic injustice you're complaining about is that you might have to compete on a level playing field with the rest of everyone, that you don't get your special little uh, clique, your special little club where marijuana is just illegal enough to keep it really expensive, but just legal enough that you guys don't go to prison. This economic injustice you talk about is called capitalism. There's no injustice involved in this. And in in fact, a lot of what's going on in Prop 64 
is unjust to the capitalists that want to get involved in the market because of the restrictions on how large a farm can be, restrictions on who can get a license, how they can get a license, how many licenses there may be. And of course, I'm talking about other states there. The thing that's bothersome about this is that the people who are currently growing cannabis in the Emerald Triangle to a large extent are growing it for the recreational market. It's estimated that upwards of 70-80% of what's smoked in America by recreational consumers from coast to coast is produced in Northern California groves. Illegal groves on the mountainsides. They're making a bunch of garbage, environmental degradation, redirecting stream flow, destroying water tables, littering, pesticides, contamination, booby traps even, shootouts. That's, that's what's going on. That's the, that's, the, uh, that's the growing that's going on right now for the unregulated market, the unlicensed market. To try to compare the criminal injustices that we should point out are more likely to be suffered by people, shall we say, not quite as pale as Hezekiah Allen. That's what's going on in the criminal injustices. So, yeah, I can see if you're uh, hanging out there in the uh, among the redwoods in Northern California, tending your pot grow, making twelve, sixteen hundred dollars a pound when you sell it, not having any regulatory oversight, tax burdens, inspections, paperwork. Yeah, I can see why you'd be worried about that changing. But your lifestyle and the profits you're making are propped up by a price support that only exists because people go to prison, because people's lives get ruined over marijuana legalization or marijuana prohibition. There's a one grower that they talk to Jason B who says, I'm an outlaw, not a criminal and wants to keep big business out of our neighborhood saying, quote, the reason I will vote no on the proposition is that it will be corporate influenced and it would be a subpar product End quote. What? Okay. First, name me any other legal commodity that is not influenced by corporations. There are none. The only reason cannabis has not been influenced by corporations is because it remains criminal and we lock people up over it and ruin their lives. This idea that we that the end of prohibition, that, that marijuana legalization was going to be everything stays the way it stays now. We make the same profit. We do the same work. We have the same lack of oversight and taxation and regulation and inspections. Everything goes like it is just now, except we stop arresting and busting people. But somehow the price still stays high. That's what they thought. That's the true legalization some of these multi-generational growers thought was going to happen. Contrary to every historical example of every legal commodity ever, Cannabis was going to be some miracle that stayed $300 an ounce for something that was perfectly legal. And as far as this subpar product, this is what I call the, uh, the Walmart weed excuse. 
Oh, I can't legalize. Corporations will take over and they'll mass produce it. It'll be swaggy marijuana cigarettes, the Walmart weed. And, and, and what part of what part of Prop 64 uh, mandates that you're forced to uh, to smoke those? I, I love this idea that business people would put out a subpar product in a state where everyone will be allowed to grow their own six plants. And there's a robust medical industry growing some of the finest cannabis in the world. And so their, their, uh, their plan for market dominance is to uh, mass produce a bunch of swag. That, that's how they're going to get rich, right? No, the fear you've got is that these big, big mega farms are going to grow some kick-ass weed. If the big farms are going to grow shit weed, you wouldn't have any fear because you know you would have the, the superior product and you would get your sales wouldn't uh, be that affected. But if those big grows can start pumping out some really quality weed, well, then uh, they'll be able to do it at less cost, less overhead, be able to use economies of scale to reduce uh, their logistics uh, expenses in ways that you as the, the little mountain grower in your hidden farm can't touch. That's what you're afraid of. That's what you're worried about. He's uh, we've got a, a grower here, uh, Steve Dillon, Stephen Dillon of the Humboldt Sun Growers Guild. That would be outdoor growers. Says they're split over the uh, Prop 64, saying that yeah, there's uh, there's some of these bad actors that leach pesticides and drain creeks and all that kind of stuff. But if farmers like him had to had to actually follow environmental regulations. Why, it could cost $20,000 to $100,000. What? You mean, you mean following environmental regulations costs money? Jeez, you, you sound like these American corporations that ship their manufacturing over to uh, foreign countries with lax environmental regulations that poison the planet just so they can make a buck. Really doesn't sound like the hippy-dippy uh, Mendocino ethos, does it? Also within this story, they've got Patrice Scott, a medical marijuana clinic uh, receptionist, wants to make sure that she still has a job by uh, working for a doctor who's signing an autograph for permission slips at, I don't know, 50, 60 bucks a shot. A doc, a permission slip that won't be necessary if Prop 64 passes. Hey, that's all the time we got in Hour 1. More Prop 64 anti-debunking coming up in Hour 2. And until next time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a seed, you plant it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down super. Now it's time for Toker Talk Radio, the voice of the marijuana nation. What are you people?
on dope. Or you can tell. I inhale. Uh, or you can talk. I experimented with marijuana and didn't inhale. Or you can talk and talk. Ten federal criminal penalties for possession of up to one ounce of marijuana. While we talk about Toke on Toker Talk Radio. So, by the way, when it comes to pot, you know, if you're 40 years old, you live in a log cabin in Oregon, you got 12 giant pot plants in your backyard, have a ball. Live from beautiful Portland, Oregon at Rolla J Studios. Plus your calls live at 971-533-7111. They're walking on their pants with their cap on backwards, listening to the end of a man, the Snoopy Snoopy Poop Dog. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Gateway theory doesn't work. It's a reality. Holland, is it real? Don't tease me. We're locking up people that take a couple of puffs of marijuana, and, and the, the next thing you know, they got 10 years. And now, here's your host, the guru of Gonza Graphics, the sultan of Sativa Statistics, and the worst nightmare of a reefer mad prohibitionist. A polite, perspicacious, productive pothead with a propensity for PowerPoint. Radical Russ Belleville. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Time for Toker Talk Radio. Glad to have you here. We're going to continue on with our debunking of Proposition 64 haters. Uh, mostly, I've been uh, going through Letitia Pepper's online uh, diatribes. Also got some Dragonfly Day to lose to get to. And one from this uh, farmer's group. Man, it's long. <laughs> Boy, I should be paid overtime for this stuff, I tell you. been putting up a lot of uh, sleepless nights, late nights here over the weekend, and, and you can kind of tell my voice is starting to disappear on me. Usually does when I don't get enough sleep. But yeah, I got plenty to talk about, and uh, we've also got our phone lines open at, uh, at uh, 650-LEGAL-MJ, and we've got someone waiting on the line right now. Welcome to the show. Uh, what's your name and what's your question? Hey there, it's Jerry from uh, Psychonaut, Michigan here. How are you, Russ? Oh, fantastic. Glad you're calling, Jerry. How are you doing? Hey, not doing, not doing too bad. I was kind of curious about the... Uh, the. I, I know that uh, you guys are talking about Prop 64 right now, but I was kind of curious about something here in Michigan. Uh, they're doing that. Uh, they're having something to do with dispensaries now. I'm hearing a, a law that's been passed about dispensaries. Yeah. What's, what's that about? Well, they, they passed a trio of laws up there in Michigan to fix, you know, some of the, mm-hmm. the gray areas. And one of them was to make sure that dispensaries were actually legal. Uh, in, in Michigan, they had been doing that kind of caregiver wink, wink, nudge, nudge dance where, hey, I'm not a, <laughs> right. I'm not a storefront. I'm a caregiver for a line of people in a retail shop. <laughs> right. So they've been doing that. Right, right. And they've been doing that. And, and, and there'd been some court decisions that said, no, no, that's shenanigans. And, and some, you know, there've been some shutdowns of some of these dispensaries. So they, they passed I know, that. I know over. Well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, I know, I know over in uh, Saginaw, Michigan here, you can't have one dispensary. They won't let yeah. you. It's yeah. been shut down by the county. Yeah. So that's, that's one I of the things they fixed. fixed. And then they got another law that, uh, that, uh, explicitly, uh, made edibles legal. Because there was uh, mm-hmm. some court decisions that said, oh, no, no, the medical marijuana law said marijuana. It didn't say stuff that had marijuana in it. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> Brownies are legal. Pot's right. legal. But yeah. if you put pot in a brownie, it's not legal, right? So, yeah, they fixed right, that. Right, yeah. And there was something else in there. There was a third thing. I, I just don't remember it off the top of my head. Okay. Well, um, I was going to ask one more thing. And I know it's going to sound kind of strange. But because I'm blind, I'm kind of curious. Now, Whenever I hear talk about, you know, a marijuana leaf, I, you know, I just picture, you know, regular plant leaf. But 
whenever they talk about the bud, what does the bud look like? I, I'm curious. I, okay. Well, uh, you know, plant the plant leaf has kind of got seven – Seven, five, seven leaves on it that uh, fan out, uh, and and they have the kind of serrated edges on them. Uh, if you've ever felt okay. it, you you kind of get that idea. Uh, the bud though is kind of like this compact, uh, roundish, uh, uh, misshapen nugget in a sense. It, it kind of feels if you okay. got if you got really good bud, it, it'll be sticky and it'll give a little to the touch. If it's if it's a little too dried out, it'll be kind of hard and crumbly to the touch. But I'm trying to think oh. of something it feels like to. To give you the idea, but um, uh, yeah, it's it's just a hard kind of a plant nugget, I guess. Oh, okay, I got you. So it kind of might feel like a rounded ball, maybe. Well, it wouldn't. It's not going to be very oh, no. smooth. It's going to be you know sticky and and, and misshapen kind of because it's a natural thing, right? It's oh. not going to grow it perfectly round or anything. But uh, yeah, it, it right, can, right, yeah. I'll, I'll look in the chat room. Maybe somebody can come up with a, a good way to describe that uh, that feeling of a bud. But it's uh, definitely. Uh, and I kind of feel bad because I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. <laughs> well, it's something I never considered, I right? You know, it's and I, it's one of the things I've had to learn doing this podcast because I do have a, a significant number of uh, sight impaired and and blind listeners, and it reminds me that yeah, I got to think this way. Got to think of you know access for other folks, and they don't know what a bud looks like. Right. So who, who, I never thought to describe one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man thank I you for your call jerry myself. yeah thank you jerry for calling in and uh good luck with everything that's going on there in michigan we uh hope you guys get legalization pretty soon yeah we're hoping the same we just hope that it goes through either i don't know they're thinking about 2018 maybe but we never can tell yeah well you might join oklahoma they're going to be voting on uh, medical in 2018 so that's that's some good news there we have it there we have it well you take care of yourself russ good talking to you all right thanks a lot jerry in michigan appreciate you calling in and uh the phone lines are open at 650-LEGAL-MJ that's 650-534-2565 you got uh, the topic for today is, is Prop 64. So if you got any questions about Prop 64, you've heard some of these BS scaremongering talking points from the Stoners Against Legalization, call in and let me know. Ask me. I'll tell you how you can debunk them. But when we come back after break, I've got a whole bunch more of Letitia Pepper to get through. Oh, my God. Medical Russ, live in Potland. We're back after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Every strain, every sale, every medical study. Keep it right here on the Cannabis Radio Network. <sighs> cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash. And I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested. 
Welcome to the Cannabis Radio Network. Founded by respected rainmakers who have been producing award-winning podcasts for over a decade. Industry headlines, business updates, medical reports, marketing, and e-commerce education rolled up perfectly for your consumption. Let's grow together. The Cannabis Radio Network. CannabisRadio.com You're listening to Radical Russ on the Russ Belleville Show. When you are starting up a medical cannabis business, you want a fired-up lawyer who understands the needs of cannabis consumers. The law office of Lauren Vasquez is your fired-up lawyer for the cannabis industry. Visit her website, fireduplawyer.com, or call 1-855-MMJ-LAWS for more information. That's 855-665-5297 for Lauren Vasquez, your fired-up lawyer, or email fireduplawyer at gmail.com. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. Marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. If the hideous monster Frankenstein came face-to-face with the monster of marijuana, he dropped it from fright. You know, it's not easy countering seven decades of propaganda in a two-hour show, but let's try. It's time time for the the Russ Belleville Show's Show's Reefer Reefer Madness Madness Debunked. Today we continue with our look at Prop 64, California's Adult Use of Marijuana Act, and my review of the Stoners Against Legalization, who are posting all sorts of propaganda about what a terrible idea it would be to legalize marijuana in California. Uh, The authors of these uh, points coming up here in this segment are... Dragonfly De La Luz, a writer, and uh, Letitia Pepper, an attorney, both of whom were vocally and publicly against Prop 19 back in 2010. So at least they're consistent. And uh, this one comes from uh, Dragonfly. Here's her claim. Prop 64 raises the penalty for two college freshmen passing a joint from a $100 no-arrest misdemeanor to a $500 six-month arrest misdemeanor. Now, the evidence that uh, Dragonfly cites for this is Prop 64's Section 11360, Paragraph A, which reads in part, quote, Every person who gives away marijuana shall be punished as follows. Persons 18 years of age or over shall be punished by imprisonment in the county jail for a period of not more than six months and or by a fine of not more than five hundred dollars or by both such fine and imprisonment. So, oh no, there it is, right there in Prop 64. Everybody who gives away pot gets jail and a fine. Oh my God. Well, this is something Dragonfly does quite a bit in her writing, and that is she she picks the scary part of the language and then ignores the rest of the language that accepts that scary part. Because the truth is, under Prop 64... The penalty for people ages 18 to 20, that would be her college freshman, the penalty for people 18 to 20 passing a joint is reduced from the $100 no arrest misdemeanor that it is today to a $100 infraction. The penalty is reduced. Here's here's where Dragonfly failed. She left out the part of the uh, 11360 
that reads, except as otherwise provided by this section or authorized by law, and then the every person shall be punished of, right? So this little intro in 11360A, except as otherwise provided by this section, would refer to paragraph B that she left out. Paragraph B reads, Every person who gives away, offers to give away, transports, offers to transport, or attempts to transport not more than 28.5 grams of marijuana other than concentrated cannabis is guilty of an infraction and shall be punished by a fine of not more than $100. So every person who gives away not more than an ounce, right? So the part A says every person who gives away marijuana gets jail and a misdemeanor, and a $500 fine. And then in B says, oh, yeah, but except, except for the people that are underannounced, because that's just a $100 ticket. And again, just 18 to 21-year-olds, the people that are 21 and older are already legal to pass a joint. The, uh, I mean, will be legal to pass a joint under Prop 64. They're not legal now. Right now, people 21 and older under section 11360 paragraph B, except as authorized by law, every person who gives away, offers to give away, transports, offers to transport, or attempts to transport not more than 28.5 grams of marijuana other than concentrated cannabis is guilty of a misdemeanor and shall be punished by a fine of not more than $100. Now, it's a non-arrestable misdemeanor, which is sometimes called decrim, but it is criminal. It's a misdemeanor. $100 fine, you don't get arrested. That's the law now if you're caught giving away marijuana to someone, two adults, 21 and older, passing a joint. Under Prop 64, Section 11362.1, Paragraph A, quote, it shall be lawful under state and local law and shall not be a violation of state or local law for persons 21 years of age or older to give away to persons 21 years of age or older without any compensation whatsoever not more than 28 grams of marijuana. So for 21 and older, it goes from a ticket to legal. For 18 to 20, it goes from a misdemeanor to an infraction. So there's no new crime there, Dragonfly. (laughs) No new crime at all. It's an existing crime whose penalty gets reduced. Another one that she brings up. Prop 64 ironically creates new crimes that don't exist today and calls for jail time for a host of harmless offenses, including possessing more than one ounce. Now, the evidence she cites for this is section 11357 paragraph B that reads, quote, Persons 18 years of age or over who possess more than 28.5 grams of marijuana or more than 4 grams of concentrated cannabis or both shall be punished by imprisonment in a county jail for a period of not more than six months or by a fine of not more than $500 or by both such fine and imprisonment. Oh, my God. Right there. Prop 64, 11357B. It's right there in black and white. You got more than an ounce. You get jail. You get a fine. Well, here's the problem, Dragonfly. That's not a new crime. That's the crime that exists now. Under current law, section 11357, paragraph C, every person who possesses more than 28.5 grams of marijuana other than concentrated cannabis shall be punished by imprisonment in a county jail for a period not more than six months or by a fine of not more than $500 or by 
both such fine and imprisonment. So it's not new. It's not a new penalty. It's the exact same penalty. Well, not quite, actually. There's a few differences. The penalty for possessing over four grams of concentrate, if you're 18 to 21, or over eight grams of concentrate, if you're over 21, has been reduced. The current law says every person, this is a section 11.357 paragraph A, every person who possesses any concentrated cannabis, any concentrated cannabis, shall be punished by imprisonment in the county jail, one year, $500 fine. One year, $500 fine. Under Prop 64, 11.357 B reads, possession of more than 28.5 grams of marijuana or more than four grams of concentrated cannabis shall be punished for people 18 and over who possess more than 28.5 grams or more than four grams of concentrated cannabis, jail, six months, $500. So if you're over 18 and you've got too much extract, what was once a year in jail maximum is now under Prop 64 a six-month jail maximum. And as another bonus, understand that the four-gram thing only applies to people 18 and older, 18 to 20. It's eight grams for people 21 and older because under Section 11.357, Paragraph A, Line 2, possession of not more than 28.5 grams of marijuana, not more than four grams of concentrate, is just a ticket, 100 bucks. Over that... In 11.357, paragraph B, line 2, over 28.5 grams or 4 grams of concentrate is a $500 six-month misdemeanor. But both of those start with the little uh, prefix, except as authorized by law, and what's authorized by section 11.362, paragraph A, line 1 and 2, says, notwithstanding any other provision of law, which is legalese for no matter what we said somewhere else, It shall be lawful for persons 21 years of age or older to possess not more than 28.5 grams of marijuana and not more than 8 grams of marijuana concentrate. So yes, the 11.357A2 says you can be punished for more than 4, but then 11.362A2 says adults are lawful for 8 grams, so you couldn't apply that punishment to the 4 to 8 gram uh, level. Because that's a lawful activity. There's, you can't punish it. Except as authorized by law. There's another uh, scare. And a few of them have said this. I don't, I don't remember which one gave me this exact one. I think this one's Letitia Peppers. Prop 64 sets possession and cultivation limits so low and earmarks money for law enforcement so there will be more people busted than there are now. Okay. <laughs> Her evidence for that is section 34019 paragraph C that says the controller shall disperse $3 million annually to the California Highway Patrol and section 34019 paragraph F line three that says 20% shall be deposited into the state and local government law enforcement account. And because there's all these new crimes created, you know, the ones we just talked about that aren't new crimes, they've actually gone down. But all these new crimes that are created, and now they've got all this money, they're going to make more arrests now under Prop 64 than they did when it was prohibited. Sure. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Well, here's the fact. Prop 64 reduces the chance that anyone can be busted for any marijuana crime because the sight and smell of marijuana isn't probable cause anymore. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. 
Arrests in Colorado went down, or charges in Colorado for all marijuana crimes went down 80% by passing legalization. In Washington State, without home grow, they still declined 63% because of legalization. There's no sane way of explaining how reducing penalties and legalizing actions leads to more arrests. We got more debunking when we come back. We have your smoking section right here. This is the Cannabis Radio Network. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, (laughs) more flavor. Raising money for our schools isn't the only reason to regulate and tax marijuana, but it's a good reason. Being a mother of a special needs child, I know that there's financial deficiencies in our school. Schools need every dollar they can get. Regulating and taxing marijuana would generate tens of millions of dollars for Arizona schools. I'm a mom, I'm a grandmother, and I'm a public school teacher. And I'm voting yes on Prop 205. It's time to regulate and tax marijuana like alcohol in Arizona. The Russ Belleville Show, where the truth about marijuana gets more than a minute to speak. New beginner guitars and banjos are often constructed much better than ones built before your time. Why struggle? Get a new instrument or fix the old one. The trusted professionals at the Fingerboard Extension will evaluate your instrument for free. Repairs are priced for people who work for a living. Stop by the Fingerboard Extension downtown Corvallis at 120 Northwest 2nd Street today or check out its inventory on the web at fingerboardextension.com. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. Marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. If the hideous monster Frankenstein came face-to-face with the monster of marijuana, he dropped it from fright. You know, it's not easy countering seven decades of propaganda in a two-hour show, but let's try. It's time for the Russ Belleville Show's Reefer Madness Debunked. All right, welcome back, everybody, for our Reefer Madness Debunked. We are continuing a look at the stoners against legalization in California who are uh, fighting to see that uh, prohibition continues for at least another couple of years by defeating Prop 64, the Adult Use of Marijuana Act. A few of the propagandizers on the No on 64 side have published uh, numerous uh, diatribes uh, and analyses to discredit Prop 64 and paint it as some sort of Trojan horse that's sneakily disguised to destroy medical marijuana and to take cannabis over for corporations. And uh, these people include Letitia Pepper. She's an attorney. Dragonfly De La Luz, a writer. Steve Cubby, an activist. A few others out there. And I've been uh, cataloging their talking points that they've published on most of these uh, online outlets. And uh, they're all pretty ridiculous. And I'll be discussing them uh, at the Argumento in Sacramento tomorrow at the Statehouse Steps in Sacramento debating this. 
with pot smokers who want to remain criminals. And uh, one of the points they bring up is that uh, marijuana legalization is going to somehow lead law enforcement to make more arrests, imprison more people, because the limits of one ounce and six plants are so low that someone who's got two ounces and seven plants would get busted. I mean, don't understand how the person with two ounces and seven plants doesn't get busted now. But somehow when one ounce and six plants are legal, that guy's going to be at more risk somehow. So uh, the fact is that Prop 64 passing reduces the chance that anybody can be busted for a marijuana crime, any marijuana crime, not just the stuff made legal under Prop 64, because the sight and smell of marijuana isn't a probable cause to suspect an investigated crime anymore. And also because the pot sniffing canine officer has to be retired. Here's the backing. In section 11362.1, paragraph C, it reads, Prop 64 reads, Marijuana and marijuana products involved in any way with conduct deemed lawful by this section are not contraband nor subject to seizure. And no conduct deemed lawful by this section shall constitute the basis for detention, search, or arrest. You can't be harassed if you're legally possessing less than an ounce. You can't be harassed if you're legally growing six plants in your home. And even if cops did catch you with two ounces and seven plants, they could only seize one of the ounces and one of the plants. They cannot, uh, the conduct deemed lawful cannot be subject to seizure. So they'd take away your excess, but you'd still have what you're legally allowed to have. And this isn't just conjecture. This isn't a prediction. This isn't a guess on my part. We've got four states that have legalized already. Colorado reported an 80% drop in all marijuana charges. Not just less than an ounce, not just less than six plants, all Cultivation, manufacturing, distribution, trafficking, conspiracy, possession, all of them. Every marijuana crime there is, 80% drop. Four out of five of the marijuana crimes that would have been charged disappeared in Colorado after legalization. A similar result was found in Washington state where 63% of all charges, all crimes, went away. Now, presumably... Presumably, that's lower in Washington because they don't have home grow. So they got more crimes. But still, two out of three almost in Washington that would have been charged didn't get charged. Legalization makes it easier for you to get away with breaking the law, not harder. Another back for this is uh, Section 11362.1, Paragraph A. It shall be lawful under state and local law and shall not be a violation of state or local law for persons 21 years of age or older to possess, plant, cultivate, harvest, dry, or process not more than six living marijuana plants and possess the marijuana produced by the plants. This is the one I use because some of these uh, stoners against legalization will say, yeah, they'll let you grow six plants, but you can only have an ounce. Once you harvest, you'll be a felon. No. Once you harvest, you can... Possess the marijuana produced by the plants. That could literally be an infinite amount, couldn't it? Depends on how good a grower you are. The one ounce limit is just in public. Just like every other legal state where all the marijuana arrests declined. At the home grow, possession of all the marijuana you harvested is legal. Just like Colorado. 
where 80% of the charges went down. And that's better than what we get in the rest of the states. Here in Oregon, we only get four plants in a household. Washington State, they get zero plants in a household. And then also, in 11362.2, paragraph A, line 3, not more than six living plants may be planted, cultivated, harvested, dried, or processed within a single private residence or upon the grounds of that private residence at one time. So yeah, you're limited to six plants per household. But that's better than what we got in Colorado. Now, Colorado's, to be fair, is 12 per household, but their adult limit is six mature or six plants, three of which can be mature. So you got two adults in a house growing three mature plants each. That's still six plants, just like you're going to get in California. And all of these states have seen declines in their home marijuana cultivation charges. All right, another scare that we get from the stoners against legalization. This is a, a Letitia Pepper scare, I think. Prop 64 allows the legislature with a simple majority vote to revoke the privilege to grow that this initiative creates for all adults and even lets the legislature limit individuals' rights to possess and even use marijuana. That's pretty scary. Legislature just can have a majority vote to to reduce my to make it so I can't possess to make it so I can't grow. That's that's terrible. Her evidence is in Section 10 that reads this act shall be broadly construed to accomplish its purposes and intent as stated in Section 3. The legislature may by majority vote amend the provisions of this act contains in Section 5 and 6 to implement the substantive provisions of those sections, provided that such amendments are consistent with and further the purposes and intent of this act as stated in Section 3. She goes on to back that up with another claim that revoking everyone's new privilege to grow marijuana would further the act's stated intent to tax and control all marijuana revenue. Her evidence being Section 3, the purposes and intent section, that says... The purpose of the Adult Use of Marijuana Act is to establish a comprehensive system to legalize, control, and regulate the cultivation, processing, manufacture, distribution, testing, and sale of non-medical marijuana, including marijuana products, for use by adults 21 years and older, and to tax the commercial growth and retail sale of marijuana. So combined, her two claims work together here. First claim is the amendment section 10 says that they can have a majority vote to limit possession and use rights, to revoke grow rights, and doing so would further the intent because Section 3 says it's about taxing and controlling marijuana revenue, and if we've got home grows out there, why that would undermine taxing marijuana, and therefore we're going to pass Prop 64, and the legislature's going to go into session and recriminalize marijuana possession and cultivation. That's Letitia's theory. Well, aside from the fact it would be really stupid politically for a legislative body to try to undo an initiative that just passed by majority vote, besides that, they can't. There's nothing in there about personal possession and grow rights that can be amended by a majority vote. Those are all in Section 4. She glosses right over this part that says the act shall be broadly construed to implement provisions that are consistent with the act 
contained in sections five and six. Section four is the part that gives us the right to grow six plants at home, possess one ounce. The majority of vote can amend sections five and six medical marijuana uh, regulations and commercial marijuana regulations. It can't majority vote amend section four, which is our personal grow and use rights. And furthermore, there is more in the intents and purposes that they would be violating if they tried to do it. Section 3L says part of the purpose is to permit adults 21 years and older to use, possess, purchase, and grow non-medical marijuana within defined limits for use by adults 21 years and age and older. Now, banning possession and home grow would directly defy that, wouldn't it? If we're trying to permit people to possess and grow, banning possession and growing would be the opposite of permitting it, wouldn't it? And in section 3M, it says, allow local governments to reasonably regulate the cultivation of non-medical marijuana for personal use by adults 21 years and older through zoning and other local laws and only to ban outdoor cultivation as set forth in this act. Only to ban outdoor. Explicitly saying the only thing they can ban is outdoor cultivation means they're guaranteeing the right of patients to cultivate their six indoor plants, that that can't be affected by local government zoning and other laws. And they make it explicit in section 11362.2, paragraph B, line two, where they say, no city, county, or city and county may completely prohibit cultivation inside a private residence. That's something, by the way, that medical marijuana doesn't currently protect. There's patients in various parts of California living in cities that have indoor cultivation bans. Those would be impossible under Prop 64. So the stoners against legalization here are counting on you to not pay attention to, A, what the law is now, because a lot of what they'll say, they say, oh, there's this new crime, there's this new penalty, oh, look what this terrible thing Prop 64 does. But if you go and look at the current law, that's the current law. That's what the current law is doing, and this is just reiterating that. Or in some cases, the current law is worse, and this act is actually reducing the penalties for that particular act. So A, you don't know the current law, we can fool you that way. B, telling half-truths about what the act says by not including other relevant portions of it, like except as otherwise provided, and then the otherwise provided contradicts what you just said. So we've got the, the, uh, uh, the exaggeration of what's going to happen, the misdirection, the have-truths that come through here. And then the other thing that you'll get from them are these... Uh, these worst case gloom and doom scenarios where the legislators and the industry people are all these cartoon mustache twirling villains cackling with evil maniacal laughter as they pull one over on the people of California, fooling them all into abolishing medical marijuana and being captive to the corporate cannabis uh, overlords <laughs> that legislators would overturn a popular initiative that just passed that medical that's been here for 20 years would slip away and 
Nobody would try to save it. We got more debunking coming up. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Earn your Ph.D. in THC monetization with CannabisRadio.com. Don't be late. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors, as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. Tommy Chong is ready to cut through the smoke and change the tone of Tilk Radio. I hope everybody's got their vape pen handy or their pipe or their bong or whatever you use to do your medicine. But you don't, it's not a requirement. You don't have to be high for this show. Yeah, you do. <laughs> okay. I don't know who you're talking to. You have to be high to do anything. At least I do. I don't know about you. In fact, I've been high so long that being straight is another high. The Tommy Chung Podcast, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome to my world. You're not high. You're listening to the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. I was against the war in Iraq, just so you put it out. The record shows I, otherwise. The record but why does not show why? that. Okay, maybe you're high, too. At Herbie's Cannabis Seeds, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best quality seeds from the world's most respected cannabis seed producers, all at the lowest online prices. You can find Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. All cannabis seeds are sold as souvenirs and as a means of preserving cannabis genetics. Herbie's Seeds in no way intends to condone, promote, or incite the use of illegal or controlled substances. We strongly urge all prospective customers to check their national laws prior to placing an order. Herbie's Seeds at Herbie'sHeadShop.com. Proud sponsors of The Russ Belville Show and 420 Radio. Marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its users insanity, criminality, and death. Marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. If the hideous monster Frankenstein came face-to-face with the monster of marijuana, he dropped it from fright. Fright. You know, it's not easy countering seven decades of propaganda in a two-hour show, but let's try. It's time time for the the Russ Belleville Show's Show's Reefer Madness Debunked. Today in Reefer Madness Debunked, we continue our look at Letitia Pepper, Dragonfly De La Luz, Steve Cubby, and the other stoners against legalization in California who are standing with the cops and the prison guards and the narcotics officers, the sheriffs, the uh, uh, drug rehabs, uh, all the people that are opposed to legalization under Prop 64. They're standing with them to uh, help defeat Prop 64. And uh, in one of Letitia Pepper's latest writings, she uh, makes this claim that uh, Prop 64 will charge a 15% excise tax. 
plus both state and local use and sales taxes on top of the excise tax, all of which can be increased in the future by a two-thirds majority vote. Now, her evidence for this are uh, Section uh, 34011A, which says, effective January 1st, 2018, a marijuana excise tax shall be imposed upon purchasers of marijuana or marijuana products in the state at a rate of 15% of the gross receipts of any sale. That's the tax, 15%. And Section 10, the amendment section, which says, this act shall be broadly construed to accomplish its purpose and intent as stated in Section 3, Except as otherwise provided, the provisions of this act may be amended by a two-thirds vote of the legislature to further the purposes and intent of the act. So, for, for Letitia, 15% is the excise tax, but the legislature is going to raise that. They're going to get a two-thirds vote to raise that tax because the purposes and intents of legalization is to tax marijuana. Okay? Well, here's the facts. Patients won't pay that 15% excise tax. And while the legislature could increase it, if they got a two-thirds majority vote, which is hard as hell to get, they would risk violating the intent of reducing the unregulated marijuana market if the higher taxes lead to more unregulated sales. And that's something they're going to be paying attention to because some of the tax money goes to the universities in California to study what the effect is on the underground market. Here's the back. Section 34011, paragraph G. The sales and use tax imposed by part one of this division shall not apply to retail sales of medical cannabis products when a qualified patient provides his or her medical card and a valid government-issued ID. So, yes, patients still have to pay the sales at the state and local level, the sales taxes but not the extra 15% excise tax on recreational users. But if they want that tax break, they have to join the patient registry. They have to get a card. Their little doctor letter won't be enough to get the tax break. You got to actually register with the state, get a card. So complaints about that. First of all, every other state has to deal with some sort of registry. So it's something patients have been dealing with for decades now. And number two, I do agree. I will concede that medicine should not be taxed, shouldn't be subject to the state and local sales taxes either. But is that such a deal breaker as to continue locking people up and ticketing them and arresting them and fining them? Especially when legalization is going to drop the price of marijuana to such a point that the extra 15% or the extra uh, sales and state taxes aren't going to be that problematic as the price continues to drop. Now, the other thing about this is they say they could uh, raise this taxes with a two-thirds majority. In Section 10, it tells us the legislature may, by a majority vote, amend Sections 5 and 6. Well, that's the medical marijuana and commercial marijuana regulations. The taxes are in Section 7, so you can't use a majority vote to raise the taxes. Section 10 also says the legislature may, by majority vote, amend to further reduce the penalties. So a majority could vote to decrease the sentences, to decrease the fines that we find in Section 8. The legislature could even increase the legal limits. Because like if six plants are legal and they went and increased it to 12, technically they've just decreased the penalty for 7 to 12 plants. 
and majority vote. They can reduce penalties. And that stuff's in Section 4. But the taxes, the 15% excise tax, that's in Section 7. So every place that says majority vote is something that couldn't possibly be the 15% excise tax. So that leaves us with Section 10 at the end that says, except as otherwise provided, the provisions of this act may be amended by a two-thirds vote of the legislature to further the purposes and intent of this act. So anything that's not Section 5, Section 6, or reducing penalties has to get a two-thirds vote, including that 15% excise tax we find in Section 7. So yeah, they could raise the tax with a two-thirds vote. Now, there's a couple exceptions. In Section uh, 34012, Paragraph B, uh, the Board of Equalization may adjust the tax rate for the marijuana leaves every year to reflect the fluctuations in the relative price of marijuana flowers to marijuana leaves. There's that cultivation tax, $9.25 an ounce for flower, $2.75 an ounce for leaf. So that section says we can change the leaf tax based on how much it relates to the flower cost, right? So there's a relationship involved there. They just couldn't raise the, the, uh, the leaf tax to 20 bucks. They'd have to do it in relation to the flower tax. Now, the uh, section 34012 paragraph K says beginning January 1st, 2020, the taxes that are set, the $9.25 flower tax, the two seventy five dollars leaf tax, shall be adjusted by the board annually thereafter for inflation. So after 2020, so up to 2020, they can tinker with the ratio of leaf tax to flower tax. After 2020, the ratio is set, and then they can only increase the tax to match inflation. So that would seem to indicate to me that they can't change those taxes before then, right? They couldn't change the 925 flower. They could only adjust the leaf tax to match it, its ratio. The 925 flower taxes stay in put. And they can't raise them above the inflation rates unless they get a two-thirds majority after 2020. So not only would it take this hard-to-get two-thirds majority to raise the 15% excise tax or these per-ounce cultivation taxes, they could only do it if it satisfies the purposes and intents. And that includes Section 3S, which reads, Tax the growth and sale of marijuana in a way that drives out the illicit market for marijuana and discourages the use by minors and abuse by adults. Drives out the illicit market. So that means any tax increase proposed by the legislature that gets the two-thirds majority would be subject to lawsuits because the price increases are defeating the intent of beating the black market. So that sounds problematic. So I guess it's technically possible. Technically possible a two-thirds vote could raise the 15% excise tax, but they'd probably get sued over it if they raised it too high. Another claim they make, this is a... Another dragonfly, uh, uh, Letitia claim on the pot taxes. No revenue will benefit the average citizen. A special and unusual provision provides that none of these taxes will go to benefit the general fund or to public schools or to community colleges or to the infrastructure. 
Now, her evidence for this is section 34081A, which says the California Marijuana Tax Fund is hereby created in the state treasury. The tax fund shall consist of all taxes, interest, penalties, and other amounts collected and paid to the board pursuant to this part, less payment of refunds. The taxes imposed by this part and the revenue derived therefrom, including investment interest, shall not be considered to be a part of the general fund. Well, there you go. No money in the general fund. I guess, I guess the tax money is not helping the average citizen. Well, here's the facts. The marijuana tax money not being a part of the general fund isn't a flaw. That's actually a feature. That's a protection from the legislators in Sacramento pilfering those funds for other purposes. Like we've seen here in Oregon where the medical marijuana fund that always ran a surplus became the piggy bank for state legislators trying to budget a ba- uh, balance a budget somewhere else rather than raise taxes. And as far as where the revenue goes, benefiting the average citizen or public schools, the very next section, section 34019, details quite explicitly how the marijuana tax money is allocated for reasonable costs incurred by the board for collecting taxes, reasonable costs for the departments that implement, administer, and enforce regulations. And that's only through uh, 2022. Reasonable costs for departments of fish and wildlife, water resources, and pesticide regulation. Reasonable costs for the controller during audits. Reasonable costs for the state auditor. And reasonable costs for the legislative analyst office. And these are all the costs that are mandated by the creation of this law. This is one of those situations where you're just trying to fund the operations that you said the state has to do. And there's also a reimbursement for the cost of implying, applying and enforcing state labor laws. So that's the costs are covered first, but all these are reasonable costs. They're not just these guys making stuff out of thin air, inflating and padding uh, an estimate here. After that, of the money that's left over after we pay the costs, $10 million goes to the universities for Prop 64 research. That happens for 10 years, $10 million every year for 10 years to research and evaluate the uh, Prop 64. California universities. Why wouldn't those be public schools, Letitia? Uh, also, another $3 million to the California Highway Patrol to research impaired driving. This will happen $3 million a year for five years. I think your uh, average citizen might enjoy not being hit by an impaired driver. Might like the idea that CHP can identify someone who's too stoned to drive. Then there's going to be an increasing 10 to $50 million a year for five years for community reinvestment grants. This is where they give uh, money to nonprofit organizations for job placement, mental health treatment, uh, drug uh, treatment, uh, legal services, and so forth. I think that might benefit some average citizens. Another $2 million is going to go to the University of California, San Diego at their uh, medical cannabis research center, $2 million a year, to understand uh, the effects of marijuana. UCSD. I, well, I think that's a public school, isn't it, Letitia? And then, after all that's paid off, whatever's left, 60% goes to youth drug prevention. I bet some of those youth grow up to be average citizens. 
Another 20% goes to environmental cleanup, which I think average citizens appreciate clean and healthy environments. And uh, the final 20% goes to protect public health and safety at a million of $50 million starting in 2022, which probably benefits a whole lot of average citizens. Oh, this is going to be so fun tomorrow in Sacramento. I don't know if these people know, but uh, I look shit up. Be right back to close up the show right after this. This is the Russ Belleville Show on CannabisRadio.com. Forwarding the cause of legalization and research of the growing cannabis industry one podcast at a time. The Cannabis Radio Network. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. The political climate is at a fever pitch, and the fight for the social fabric of America is set for battle this November. Tuesday, November 8th, the Cannabis Liberation Movement takes a huge step forward, and Cannabis Radio is here to chronicle this legendary moment. CannabisRadio.com. And the Cannabis Radio News Team will feature wall-to-wall live coverage of all the coast-to-coast voting of state amendments, ballots, propositions, and initiatives that will further progress the Cannabis Crusade. Join us November 8th for Vote 2016, the path to cannabis freedom, only on CannabisRadio.com. The Russ Belleville Show. We're as much like Cheech and Chong as ordinary Americans are like the Three Stooges. Hey, Mo! Hey, everybody, it's Radical Russ here from 420 Radio, inviting you to be like me and get your ink done at Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo, Fort Worth's most female-friendly, clean, sterile, awesome tattoo shop. Thomas and his crew are true artists who can design you a custom piece or use a design you bring in. Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo also offers all styles of tattooing as well as piercings and all-around fun. In the DFW area, stop by Lucky Horseshoe Tattoo and tell them Radical Russ sent you. Trust me, it'll feel awesome. Most of us pirates, we go on vacation to North Dakota, you know, because they've got a town called Argusville. What are you smoking there, boy? This is Dan Michaels from danmichaelsaudio.com, and you're listening to Radical Russ on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back, everybody. Just closing up shop here and uh, getting ready to pack. I've got to get on a plane here in a couple hours, flying to Sacramento for tomorrow's 11 a.m. Argumento in Sacramento, the great Prop 64 debate, me and a couple others versus stoners against legalization. 
Uh, folks are asking, uh, do you know the moderators? I don't know the moderators. I don't know how. I don't even know what the uh, format of the event is. Do we do speeches first? Do we talk over each other? Is it a panel? Are there questions? I don't know. I don't care because I got fact, science, reason, and logic on my side. And uh, it doesn't matter what the format is. Um, I'm going to whip their ass. So it <laughs> doesn't matter to me. But uh, also uh, amplified sound, I don't know if they'll have amplified. I assume they're going to have amplified sound there. And uh, I'm going to get my uh, uh, phone or my uh, system plugged in to the board to, to record and uh, try to live stream the debate. Uh, so I'm going to try to live stream at 11 a.m., uh, 11 a.m. to 2, and then take that file and upload it to the folks at Cannabis Radio so they can replay it from 3 to 6 for you if you missed it. And uh, plan B, backup plan, if we can't stream live, I'll still record it, and then we'll have it played for you at 3. So that's it. One quick uh, uh, debunked ad that I didn't quite fit into the other segments. This claim that all revenue, taxes, fines, fees, forfeitures, and the excise tax, uh, goes solely to a self-perpetuating, bloated bureaucracy of a Appointed unelected officials, their staffs, and to fund their pension plans. This is Letitia again, and she says this is covered by Section 34011, Paragraph A, that a marijuana excise tax shall be imposed, but that's not the one she really meant. She really meant 34019, all of those, how the tax revenue is being spent that I just covered in the, in the last uh, segment. Well, here's the fact. Prop 64 only allows reasonable costs. You have to... You have to List these. They're audited by law. Money was appropriated in this act to audit these people when they put their costs in. Only for the administration of the law. And even so, this bloated bureaucracy can't grow beyond 4% of all the tax revenue. It's got a hard cap on it. This is in section 34019, paragraph A, number 1. Reasonable costs incurred by the board for administrating and collecting the taxes imposed by this part, provided, however, such costs shall not exceed 4% of the tax revenues received. So that's the reasonable costs of the Board of Equalization collecting the taxes. Now, I suppose the other parts of 34019, the, the fish and wildlife, the water resources, pesticide regulation, the controller, auditor, and legislative analyst... I suppose they could bloat themselves by lying about their costs and hoping they get away with it on the audit. But even then, they couldn't use it to fund their pension plans. Retirement for public employees in California is handled by CalPERS, which gets its funding through employee contributions set by statute. And employers contribute 12.7% of the payroll, a rate that can increase if the CalPERS investments perform unfavorably or decrease if they perform favorably. That is to say, the rates and the method that funds public employee retirement cannot be modified or adjusted or contributed to or amended in any way by Prop 64. Other laws already control how retirement works. That's all the time we got for today. Talk to you tomorrow in Sacramento. And until that time, take care of each other, tokers. This is the Russ Belleville Show. The Russ Belleville Show is blogging and podcasting daily at RadicalRuss.com.
you take a scene, you plan it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it. You take a scene, you plan it, you grow it, you try it, you roll it, you smoke it, and it goes down smooth. 